0: I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on 5th and Mission, a special episode, playing ball amid the pandemic. Major League Baseball's opening day is Thursday after a four-month delay and with some big changes. The Giants and A's will play 60 games, hopefully, and in empty stadiums. Joining me to talk about it are two of our longtime baseball beat writers, Susan Slusser who hosts the A's Plus podcast, and Henry Shulman. He hosts the Giant Splash podcast. Susan and Henry, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, it's great to be with you.
0: Happy to be here. So I think, you know, fans don't totally know what to expect from this season, how it's going to be different from usual, um, (laughs) whether they're going to enjoy it. Um, What are you guys really watching for as the season starts?
1: Well, it's such a—it's so hard to project, Damian. Uh, The—it's a sixty-game season. Anything could happen, you know. Especially in the middle of a pandemic, a couple of positive tests at some point for a team could take a, a front runner completely out of it, uh, and a team could just simply get hot—that's maybe not expected to do well—and could wind up winning it all. It's just such. There's just no way to know. It's a. Uh, absolute uh it's fascinating but I'm not sure it's a very representative season
2: yeah and I I mean I'm constantly getting emails from uh you know odds makers telling me about odds of who's going to win the you know who's going to go to the World Series and all that and I mean it's it's really kind of ridiculous I mean Cody Bellinger uh and Justin Turner could both test positive be gone for two weeks and all of a sudden the Dodgers who are supposed to win the World Series all of a sudden, are, are hamstrung without two of their best players. So, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a cliche, but it's it's a crapshoot. And you know, I think it's been well documented that there are teams that, uh, if you if you took their records after sixty games in a season, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs. That would be the Dodgers several times in their recent run, and and the Nationals, who won the World Series last year, had a losing record after sixty games or something like that.
1: Yeah, the A's, you know. the A's typically don't like the first month or two of the season, so they need to. Uh really avoid their general slow start which they're not showing signs of doing through two exhibition games
0: henry where are you talking to us from you are i'm in at a hotel and i'm at
2: a hotel in los angeles this will be the only road trip that i plan to go on uh we're mostly going to be covering these games uh on the road off of television
0: okay well hopefully in the pennant race uh, when the giants are contending maybe we'll we'll see you back down in la huh um
2: i don't think so but okay <laughs>
1: You'll you'll see me, I would imagine, in L.A. uh, the last week of the season, because I assume the A's will be contending and they they are at the Dodgers uh, for their final road series. So potential to clinch, uh, certainly a possibility of of setting things up for a great final series at the Coliseum. So, yeah, that's the only trip I'm planning on making right now.
0: All right. Can you guys talk about how baseball is coping with the new new rules? What has really stood out? I mean, are, are the players able to to uh, to to stay distant? Are they able to 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 not spit? Right. Um, the managers I, I noticed had were wearing masks last night.
1: It's such a mixed bag. Uh, watching the workouts, you could see that Players were trying to keep their distance, but they're not always able to, and especially on the field, uh, you know, and, and they just uh, there's some spitting. They're not supposed to share equipment. I've seen a lot of guys take, you know, the standard take a guy's glove after the last out of an inning or pick up his bat. They're not supposed to be doing that, but it's just force a habit. So it's unclear what will happen once the regular season starts. Uh, But I see people watching exhibition games on TV and immediately tweeting like, I saw that guy uh, go to, you know, lick his hands. It's so common for pitchers to do and it's a work in progress. So yeah, the protocols are not easy to follow. The distancing, I think that's getting a little bit better, especially now that you're seeing players sitting in the stands as sort of an auxiliary dugout, auxiliary bullpens, but it's weird.
2: Yeah, and and I, you know, I mean, it. I think it's wrong for people to play gotcha. I mean, I think that the, for the mo- most part, they've been doing everything that they need to do when they can. Now, when I was covering the last workout I covered at the uh, ballpark, uh, when they were having an inter-squad game, there were a whole bunch of players standing right next to each other along the rail, which is what you typically see, and they're really not supposed to do that. And last night, after the Giants uh, won the game against Oakland, um, they came together and, uh, you know, they got together and, and did elbow bumps. Well, that's nice. They're not touching hands, but you're not really supposed to be close enough to get an elbow bump. And I think the bigger issue is that these guys are not playing in a bubble like they are in the NBA. So uh, they have to really rely on each other to be safe when they're away from the ballpark. And the testing numbers so far, which show just a fraction of a fraction of a percent of positive tests, suggests that, you know, they're doing a good job of that. Now that now the trick will come when uh, they're out on a, on the road and they are really supposed to just sit in their hotel rooms and not go anywhere and just eat room service. And I can tell you, for, you know, as somebody who lives out of hotels, and Susan is the same way, uh, that's really hard to do. And at some point, people are going to snap and they're going to leave. And you just hope they don't put themselves into situations where they could get a positive test and it could screw up the whole team.
0: Yeah, and do, do you think there'll be uh, delays in the season? I mean, do we? what would happen if a couple players come down with it?
1: Well, theoretically, teams can use their pool player guys from their alternate camp. The A's is at San Jose. The Giants is at Sacramento. But, uh, you know, my concern is you can take a team like the A's. I think they're highly motivated to stay in their, their bubble, even though there's not really such a thing right now. Uh, you know, there are too many unknowns on the road. But they could be as careful as possible. But you get a team that maybe doesn't have high expectations and a lot of really young players, you know, like a Royals or something, and you're playing against them, and those guys have maybe uh, tested negative because they're not, uh, you know, the, but actually be positive because maybe they just picked it up somewhere, and they could pass it along to the opposing team. It's unlikely, but there are so many different scenarios that potentially could be a problem. Uh, if a team basically has to uh, insert its whole pool, cool player squad, they're in super trouble anyway. Uh, I'm not sure that we would necessarily be looking like at a whole team wiped out, maybe part of the schedule gone as a result. But uh, I would imagine we'll see a couple of significant players test positive at some point and be missing.
2: And and I think that the question you asked about uh, the, uh, you know, like a shutdown in general for baseball... Like Susan said, with a 30-team taxi, 30-player squ- taxi squad, I don't think that'll happen. But you know, this country is so messed up. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going in the wrong direction with COVID for political reasons. And uh, there's a possibility that in one or two communities, for instance, uh, the the city governments or county governments say we're just shutting everything down. No, you can't even have a game in a ballpark with no fans because uh, we're you know we're we're just going to clamp down on everything like you know like they've done in Europe. And and so you're going to have to stop and we have a situation right now where the opening day for the toronto blue jays is uh uh, three days from now and they still don't have a firm place on where they're going to play because canada said no we're not going to let you travel across the border because those dirty filthy americans don't know how to get their um you know their covid straight and you had a situation where the nationals had to go to the last minute negotiating uh with the district officials to get approval to waive uh, the requirement that anybody who's in contact, close contact with a COVID positive, has to quarantine for 14 days. Well, 14 days is just about a quarter of the season. So I think it, those are the wild cards, not particularly with, within a team losing player, all their players, like Susan says, uh, but, but more in the community you know, as a whole.
1: Yeah, if California decides to completely shut down, that's five teams. You know that's uh, that that wipes out the schedule right there. The Blue Jays wind up going to Pittsburgh. It looks like where the Pirates are already playing. They'll be playing at the same park. They actually have nine dates that overlap. They're that's so complicated. And you're getting all these Blue Jays. in. Where are they going to live? They got to set up hotels. They have to like redo all of their travel plans. That's just it's so complicated. Uh, I think it's right now it looks like maybe they can pull it off, but it is going to be a big headache and there's the potential for a complete disaster.
0: Before we get to some baseball questions, I want to ask you both about kneeling for the national anthem because it's such a Bay Area story that you guys have covered for so long with the A's, Bruce Maxwell being the first in baseball. Correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick. And now the other night, um, Giants, Jalen Davis uh, and the manager, uh, Gabe Kapler, it seems like we've come so far, and the reaction is now so different. I'd love to get your take on it.
2: Well, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll start with the Giants since they're the ones in the news right now. Uh, you know, Kapler comes from a family down in Los Angeles uh, that, that was a very activist family, um, so this is not new to him. Uh, and and I think that uh, he kind of you know saw the writing on the wall with the baseball season starting right as the. Uh, you know, as this movement is, is gaining steam and, uh, he and I think I'm betting every manager in baseball sat down with their team and said, you know, there's two things we got to do. Number one, we, we as management have to support whatever you want to do because, uh, this is the place we are in in the country. And two, we have to, uh, be respectful of one another and make sure that um you know even if you have different political opinions within a clubhouse and let's face it most clubhouses are you know they lean they lean red not blue um that we should respect each other and not let this tear the team apart so i know that was the conversation that gabe kapler had with the giants um this probably would not have been as big a news story if it had not been the manager himself kneeling but that's who gabe kapler is. It's where he came from. Uh, he's been very vocal about this issue. And, he, you know, he also knows his constituency. He knows where, you know, he is managing. And uh, that was the huge statement right there.
1: Yeah, for the A's, you know, it really does bring up memories of Bruce Maxwell, uh, who was not an established player. He was very young. What he did was in, incredibly brave. No matter what you feel uh, politically, what your stance is on the the national anthem, for him to do that, and he was all alone. No other players knelt with him. The manager didn't kneel with him. He essentially was blackballed from baseball a little bit after that. He came up a little bit the, the next year. He wasn't effective. He dealt with death threats to his family he obviously had the unfortunate incident in in which he pulled a, a gun on a delivery person that uh has since been uh stricken from his record he did probation etc uh but a lot of that stemmed from everything he went through he was kind of a mess he didn't he felt like he didn't get a lot of support and i talked to him a couple of months ago about that he's been playing in mexico and and uh he said where 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 was all this support For uh, statements against police brutality when I did what I did in support of Kaepernick and the other NFL players and I talked to him the other night and I thought that he was going to say something to those along those lines again like where was the support when you see multiple giants and Gabe Kapler do this. But he just said, you know what? I'm actually just glad that this conversation is going on now. I'm glad that awareness is out there for everybody. He says the A's completely supported it when he did it. And Bob Melvin said yesterday, if any of the A's players choose to kneel for the anthem or take any other actions to uh, protest racial injustice, that he's all on board with it. And so so is the whole organizations. But Bruce Maxwell is the guy who got this going. It was just three years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, Let's take a quick break. I'm talking to Henry Schulman and Susan Slusser about the upcoming baseball season. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm talking to Susan Slusser, host of the A's Plus podcast, and Henry Schulman of the Giant Splash podcast. Opening day for Major League Baseball is Thursday. Before we talk about the two teams, I have a very quick question for you guys. I was watching the game Tuesday night, and I was hearing the crowd noise as it was being piped into the stadium. Why is that being done?
1: Well, Major League Baseball said that they would prefer some sort of noise. Uh, There are a lot of reasons. First of all, it sounds a little more natural. I I would argue that in some sense, it it actually sounds a little bit stranger. But also, there's the possibility if uh, there is no background noise, there's nothing that's uh, kind of providing like almost that white noise. Teams can hear each other. Um, and you can hear anything in the ballpark when there's when there's no background chatter. It could lead to antagonism. Obviously, there's potential issues with teams hearing your strategies or you know who the next reliever might be up. So uh, there are practical reasons for it. But yeah, the A's are interesting because they're going to experiment with a lot of things. They might not just use crowd noise. They included the drumming, which is a staple of the Coliseum from the right field fans. Uh, They added Let's Go Oakland. Uh, They're talking about uh, potentially just playing music, just playing, you know, like you would see during a workout, just loud music during innings, not just for walk-ups. So I think it's going to be a mix at Oakland, but uh, you know what, this crowd noise piped in was, uh, for me, uh, still a little problematic. I, I think they need to fine tune that a little bit if that's what teams are going to go with.
2: And, you know, uh, I was actually watching last night's game on a video stream on my computer and, um, I, I, you know, I put my head down because I was, uh, looking at my iPad and I was doing some other stuff. And I actually caught myself thinking, boy, this sounds really natural, uh, as I was listening to the sound. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, this, this actually will be good if you're listening on radio. Then I looked up and somebody hit a ball, um, you know, off the wall or something and you just heard this big roar and, you just saw nothing but empty seats and it was like the stupidest thing i've ever seen so i mean i, I think it's i don't think i mean on tv it's just going to be dumb but you know there's a lot of radio listeners and uh and it and it may even help the players some players have said it it's better than no noise
1: yeah it's it's definitely a work in progress and i think because they're using recordings like the other night in oakland uh the giants were at bat and suddenly there was like the da 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 charge you know in the in the crowd noise which it's probably not necessarily what you want when uh, the other team's batting.
2: One other ethical question. I heard this discussion on the radio yesterday. You know, what if uh, what if a team is hosting the Astros? And, uh, I mean, do they just uh, play a big boo every time the Astros are being announced? And, you know, uh, I mean, so, I mean, there's ethical questions about what they're allowed and not allowed to do with the crowd noise.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, doff your cap to the uh, cardboard fans, and and you might hear a roar, right? Um curtain calls and all that uh so henry let's talk about the giants first um first off, buster posey said he is not going to play um what is that going to mean to the team what are they going to do with the catcher position
2: I mean, it's a huge loss for the team. I realize that he hasn't been the hitter that he once was, uh whether it's age, whether it's the hip surgery he had, uh, you know, just natural slowdown. But he's still one of the two or three best defensive catchers in the majors. I mean, he runs a staff better than anybody. The Giants have a lot of inexperienced pitching. So that's really where it's going to have an effect, mostly on the, the defensive side. And you kind of wish you had seen what another, you know, year and a half removed from his hip surgery, what he would have looked like at the plate. He changed his swing a little bit. Um, so for the moment, they're, you know, they're going to go with a, an inexperienced catching crew, most likely. Um, uh, we're recording this, <clears throat> excuse me, before they made their final roster decision. So they could always make a last minute decision and put Joey Bart on the roster. They've been saying they won't. Uh, so you have, um, T- uh, Tyler Heineman, um, Rob Brantley and, uh, the best name in baseball right now, Chadwick Trump. Uh, With an O, Trump with an O. Um, And, uh, you know, you've got three guys, uh, two of whom having an immense amount of minor league experience, uh, very little experience in the majors. But, you know, the pitching has been pretty good. Uh, so far, uh, in some of these camp games, the pitchers look much better than the hitters, and you know, the pitching looked really good the last two games in Oakland. Uh, I still think they're going to, to the last minute, try to find a more experienced catcher on the free agent market or the trade market. Uh, but for right now, it, it'll probably be any two of those three guys I mentioned, uh, uh, Brantley, Tromp, uh, or Heineman, with the third one being on the three-person taxi squad that teams are allowed to take with them uh, in case uh, somebody gets hurt or tests positive right away.
0: And then for the managing, Bruce Bochy, obviously three-time champion, is gone. Gabe Kapler is in. What what do you think the biggest difference there is going to be?
2: Well, I think there's going to be more of a reliance on uh, numbers, matchups, strategic lineup writing, strategic pitching. Uh, things you never really saw with Bruce Bochy. And some of it is related to the nature of the season being a 60-game season and only having just a little more than two weeks to prepare because the pitchers really – uh, haven't been able to get up to the innings that they otherwise would have, but but some of this is just part of the grand experiment of um putting everything together with metrics, having decisions made collectively uh with the manager in the front office about who is going to hit where and who's going to pitch when. Um, I mean, we I mean, we saw some. I'm just one just to give one player as an example, Tyler Rogers. Every camp game that they had, every inter squad game, he was the last pitcher to go. So. Playing the closer role. Um, well, then last night in Oakland, he was the opener. So uh, anybody could be used at any time you're not you're not going to see the same two lineups uh, on consecutive nights uh he's not going to stand on ceremony and go well you know uh brandon crawford uh and brandon belt have four world series rings between them among them so uh <clears throat> they're going to get the bulk of the time if, if it makes more sense to put donovan solano at shortstop against this hitter or wilmer flores against that pitcher or wilmer flores at first base uh, against this pitcher then he's going to do that
0: yeah so susan over to the A's, you mentioned that they often get off to a slow start, but there are really high hopes for them this year. Um, how do they avoid that, that start, and what, what are you looking for?
1: Well, they finish really strong, typically. Uh, they, I think their record in the second half is the best in baseball over the last two years, and uh, I did the numbers, crunched them the other day for our, our very nice baseball special section, preview section. And uh, in nine out of their 10 playoff appearances over the last 20 years, uh, which is impressive by themselves, uh, their second half record was just ridiculous, you know, over 650 winning percentage. So they're going to try to look at it as like, hey, it's the second half, not it's the first month, which is what they need to do. They've got almost everybody back. Their only new position potentially is second base, where uh, it's uh, it's probably a platoon with Tony Kemp and Franklin Barreto. Uh, But they've got the perhaps the best defense in baseball, certainly the best def- infield defense. And then their starting rotation looks like an absolute uh, gem, except their two prize rookie lefties will not be in the rotation to empty- to start the season with uh, Jesus Lizardo pest- testing positive corona- for coronavirus and missing two weeks. And then A.J. Puck just uh, um, getting diagnosed with shoulder inflammation. He'll probably miss at least a couple weeks, if not. Not more. Uh, he could wind up <laughs> missing you know, most or all of the season. So yeah. the A's pitching death is going to be huge. They have a lot of it. And they've got Chris Davis back healthy, Stephen Biscotti back healthy. They feel like with the group they have, they really really like their chances and and uh everyone around baseball seems to think that they're a very strong pick
0: before we go i want to get you guys thoughts on one other story people have watched Alyssa knacken for the giants coach first base for the last couple nights it really has captured people's imagination i know you guys are watching um what what is going on here and obviously it's taken so long but why is this such a big step for baseball
2: well, I mean it's a I think it's a big step for baseball in the same way that uh adding African Americans in 1947 was a big step. Uh, look, you you know, you have very intelligent people uh, who make up half the population uh of the world, actually slightly more than half the population of the world from what I understand, and there's no reason not to tap into that just because a, a person is of a different gender and has not played the the sport exactly uh, that that she would be coaching. Uh, I mean, I think it, I would be remiss if I didn't say, look, you know, Gabe Kapler and the Giants got a whole lot of terrible publicity when he was hired because of the way he handled a couple of incidents. Uh, involving minor league players with the Dodgers when he was their farm director and a couple of young women. And uh, the Giants lost a lot of women followers. I mean, at least uh, publicly, a lot of women said they're never going to watch another game as, as long as Gabe Kapler is the manager. So I hate to sound cynical, but I, I don't think you can dismiss that as a motivation uh, for trying to do this. Uh, and uh, before the uh, season started, or actually long before the season started, uh, the the Giants tried to hire away the first the first woman who is suited up as a coach in Major League Baseball is a woman named Rachel Bakovich, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, the Yankees have hired her to be a hitting instructor, and the Giants ma- they tried to hire her away. They w- wanted to be clear that they wanted to have a, a woman on the coaching staff. Um, she decided to stay with the Yankees, uh, so then they went it out and hired Alyssa Nacken, uh, who has a, I mean, a great history in Northern California. She was a a four year, uh, a a letter person uh, in softball for Sacramento state. Uh, she's highly intelligent. She's highly motivated. Uh, and, and she's a pioneer and, um, I would not be surprised to see her, um, a coach first base in a regular season game, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, there are some mouth breathers out there, including one former giant who shall remain nameless, but some people on social media who are saying that this is just affirmative action and it's baloney and they shouldn't do this. Well, somebody has to be first, and um I found her to be intelligent. The coaches and players, uh intelligent about baseball, I mean, and uh, she knows her stuff. Um, And the coaches respect her and the players respect her. And um, I I think that she will open the door for other women to uh, get on-field coaching experience in baseball. And that is not a bad thing at all.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen it now in football, which is probably more of a surprise. Uh, And it was time in baseball. Uh, The A's have had uh, women help out in their minor league side as coaches. And they've had women in their front office. Uh, A number of, of women now have come through their front office. There's a you know, there have been women who have been assistant GMs and uh, there are just far more women in the sport than certainly than when I started covering baseball, which is which is wonderful. Bob Melvin said yesterday he's heard nothing but raves about Alyssa and he thinks that the time had, has come, too. So uh, the A's might be the next team where we see a woman coach, which would be
0: fantastic. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining me again. Opening day baseball starts thursday and we'll be watching your coverage thanks for coming into the show you bet thanks damien thanks to my guest today a's beat writer susan slusser check out her podcast a's plus and giants beat writer henry shulman his podcast is called giant splash you can get both of those shows wherever you get fifth and Mission. thanks also to king kaufman for producing this episode and thank you for listening